Welcome to Word Birds, where you'll hear content conversations directly from the flock. Join Christopher Willis in conversation with content experts and thought leaders as they chat about how to make the most out of your words in business. Here's your host, Chris. Hello, and welcome to Word Birds, birds of a feather conversation between people that care about words. Today's show features Rebecca Gillette. Rebecca is Director of Content Strategy and Planning at the Arthritis Foundation. We're going to talk today about her very individual journey from arthritis patient to occupational therapist to content strategist and how she positions content not only to people like her, but to much wider audiences, identifying audience need and developing the right content for that audience. Let's sit back and get some insight from the flock. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am excited for you to be here. Your background, where you've been, the things that you've been through and the job that you have now are so specifically aligned. I don't know how we can start this episode without taking a step back and understanding where you've been, how you've gotten to where you are and where you are now. Well, yeah, it is a very unique, crazy story. I think you wouldn't guess how I got here, but I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 26 years old. And at the time, I was a director of marketing for a family-owned company and doing marketing, just bought my new first home at the age of 24. And so living in my new home and my nice job in marketing, and I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And it really shook my world and changed my path. So I struggled for the first two years with trying to manage this chronic disease that I was almost in a denial that I had. I didn't know much about it. I was under the impression, like many people are, that arthritis was something that you got when you were old. And boy, was I wrong. So I was with my doctor and he's like, I think you need to change jobs or careers because you're working at such a high level of stress and you're not having the time to manage your own health and you need to wake up and start managing your health. And so I was going to physical therapy at the time and telling my PT, this is what my doctor's saying. I don't know what I would want to do. And so I was like, maybe I should be a physical therapist. And he's like, no, that'd be too demanding on your hands because my hands and wrists were very involved. And so he's like, you should look into occupational therapy. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I I was aware of what that health profession was. And so I started shadowing people and I shadowed a rehab director at a hospital. And she was like, hmm, why are you holding your coffee mug that way? Didn't anybody teach you that there's ways you need to protect your joints with rheumatoid arthritis? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And at this point, I'm almost two years into my diagnosis and I had gone to a hand therapist who didn't teach me all the things that she spent teaching me in about 15 to 20 minutes. And I thought, oh my gosh, this could have changed where I am today if somebody had actually really done their due diligence and their job to provide me some patient education. So I didn't have to shadow anybody anymore. And I right there and then decided I'm going back to graduate school and I'm going to switch careers and I'm going to be an occupational therapist. And so that's what I did. I picked up and started taking classes, went back to graduate school in Colorado for occupational therapy. And when I was done, well, during school, I learned so much about managing 
my own disease that every time I'd go to class and learn something new, I knew that I made the right decision. And so when I was done and started working as an OT, I felt a little more settled in my life. And I was in my early 30s and decided I should start volunteering or getting involved in a community and trying to meet other people with arthritis. And so I went to my first arthritis foundation, Walk to Cure Arthritis event in Denver. And just stepping foot onto that course, I realized I found my community of people. And so I volunteered right away, walked to a staff person and said, hey, I'm an OT. I have RA. How do I get involved? And so I started doing patient education in the community with the Arthritis Foundation at some events that they were holding. And then I got involved in the walk itself and on the committee. Then I got involved in advocacy. Then I got involved on a national level and started providing just my knowledge and expertise on patient education programs they were trying to develop nationally. And now I'm here. And so I was probably volunteering at least 10 years before this job position opened as a health messaging strategist with them. And when I read the job description, the woman who became my boss and hired me, I already knew her just from my volunteering nationally. And she was so excited that I wanted to come on board and and was like, I told her, well, I just wanted to call you because I saw your posting and it looks like you wrote this job just for me (laughs) because it included some journalism it included communications and marketing and it included health profession knowledge and understanding the patient and sharing that message out. And so we've reorganized with the pandemic and now I'm director of content strategy and planning infusing my occupational therapy knowledge into all of our patient education content and content that we put out there for our arthritis community. And there's nearly 60 million people in the U.S. with doctor-diagnosed arthritis. So instead of working one-on-one with patients as an occupational therapy, I'm really actually doing what I set out to do, which was help other people understand that there's things you can take control of when you have arthritis. There's a lot that you can't, But there's a lot of lifestyle management things and things you can do to prevent more pain and protect your joints. And so it's like my life came full circle. So it's great. I couldn't be happier. A very individualized path wouldn't work for everybody, but works perfectly for you. And I think it speaks to the range of content that your organization is creating for your audience. I mean, you come from this very wide background of the ability to understand how journalism plays into this, how marketing content plays into this, how medical content plays into this. I mean, what do you consider to be the scope of the content that you own? I feel like what we do best at the Arthritis Foundation is we provide that trusted expert advice. We are connected with so many amazing, brilliant people who are in the arthritis world and rheumatology world and doing research. We fund research. Our advocacy that we do has really changed the lives of a lot of people with arthritis accessing treatments and medication. And that was one of my favorite things to do as a volunteer was it really made me understand. I helped to get a law passed here in Colorado to limit the practices of step therapy, where basically insurance tries to tell you what you can and can't take instead of being your doctor, that your voice matters. And I think that my little story made such an impact that we have had laws passed in my state. So words matter. I know we talking about content, words matter. And I feel like that this is what makes it unique for me in this position is 
I can wear the lens as the patient, as the healthcare provider, and as the expert. And so it's just a good fit. And I think that we have to think about the end user always when we're creating content. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you tend to say is that there's a forgotten component of the content creation process, and that's the person that the content is created for. I think that, again, this is a place where you're uniquely positioned because, yes, you own content strategy and content planning, but you also consume conceptually this content. And so I think content strategy tends to be an internal business initiative. We sit and look at a whiteboard and define the way that we want to communicate. We define our audience and break out a persona and we make a bunch of assumptions about that persona and how they want to hear us and what they want to hear. Your statement, that forgotten component being the person who's consuming, you're taking content strategy and moving it more to audience alignment. It's how do we tie this to the audience and make sure that they're getting the most out of that? I mean, how much of a role does that play in the way that you plan out your content? Well, I think a big reason and that thing that I like to remind like our team all the time is I am our audience. Whichever audience you're trying to talk to, I am our audience. I am the volunteer. I am the patient. I am the healthcare provider. But the way that I have approached our content is there's a quote I love, not for us, without us. So just like you're hearing more and more trends of patients being involved in treatment guideline planning and giving feedback on processes where one thing we're working at at the Arthritis Foundation is the ideal model of care. And if we were trying to say, what would a best case scenario of your healthcare look like without including the patient, that would make zero sense. So not for us without us, anything that we're creating, is this really something that the audience wants? Is this something that the patient's been asking the question for? We are trying to move a lot more to this user-generated content because it can't just be me. Everybody's journey with any kind of chronic disease is very unique. And Everybody has a different story. What works for me might not work for the next person. And so one thing with the podcast that I host we're doing is we have a listener segment where we'll post the question on social before we record. Hey, what have you done that helps you to manage your arthritis? And I'm starting to use those comments and that feedback from people. Or do you have a question to ask our guest expert? We're using this platform called Memory Fox now where you can set up a link and people can upload their story, their text, video, audio, and taking that content to share their story for them and share what tips and strategies they want to have for other people. And next year, I'm hoping to include that as part of the podcast where people can actually, instead of me repeating their question or their tip, we're just going to play their audio. And so life hacks for arthritis is a huge topic for the patient community. Like there's oftentimes we're live yes with arthritis podcast. And that's the mantra of the foundation is live yes, because when you have arthritis or a chronic disease, you're often saying no to the things that you've loved to do or need to do. And so we want to promote that there are things you can do and you don't have to stop doing things, but you can change maybe how you do things or adapt. And that's what OT is all about, right? So getting people to understand and learn from each other is a huge part of the community. And so one content plan I have for next year is we're doing this thing where we're asking, share with us, show us a video, what's difficult for you. 
And then we have an expert who is another OT who will show them, here's some ideas to adapt that task that's hard for you. And so that's very user-generated content, right? That is with our audience, not just for the audience. It's with our audience. We're telling them what is hard for you every day. What's the one thing you think other people will benefit from? And so even in the language and the messaging that we're sharing out, I'm really pushing everyone on the team to make sure that is this patient friendly? Is this how you would talk to your friend who has just gotten this diagnosis or is struggling with their mental health? Like, what language would you use with them? Not so much, here's what we can do for you as an organization. It's more, what can we do for you as an organization? No one likes a hot mess. Keep your content aligned with Acrolinks. How much are you struggling with the vast volume of, I'm going to call them answers in the marketplace right now for whatever seems to be wrong with people? I don't want to just batch it as misinformation, but there's a lot of content on the internet. And when something's wrong with me, I search for it. And my elbow hurts right now. It's important to note that I work out a lot and I probably heard it at the gym, but the internet says that I have nursemaid's arm. It's like a 1700s thing where the nanny used to yank the arm of the child and it would shake the elbow loose. I'm pretty sure I don't have nursemaid's elbow. But in your space, I mean, you're dealing with trust issues. You're dealing with all kinds of challenging information versus what's provably true. How do you manage that? Well, like I was saying earlier, we have connections with the experts and the experts are doing the research. And so a lot of what we talk about and a lot about what we share, it's based on evidence-based research. And so while favorite thing for people to talk about is diet and arthritis, right? What should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? Honestly, there isn't solid. There's a lot of research, but there isn't solid saying this specific diet The one thing that is overarching is anti-inflammatory diet and Mediterranean diet, those types of diets where you're eating anti-inflammatory type foods, right? Foods that are not processed and plant-based foods, things like that. But is there a research that says you should be on a strict vegetarian plant-based diet? No, not yet. Is it being conducted? Yes. So we're not going to come right out and say, you need to be vegetarian because the research isn't telling us that. It is telling us to eat anti-inflammatory foods, kind of like a Mediterranean diet. We do know now, based on some research, that the gut and the microbiome could play a role in autoimmune diseases. But there isn't, right now, there is research specific to rheumatoid arthritis. Is it specific to osteoarthritis? No. So there's a lot of research happening. So most of what we're basing information and suggestions on is based on research. And that part of what we do as an organization too is fund that research. And so, for instance, the strongest indication for managing your arthritis based on research is physical activity and staying active. So a lot of what we share out is these are the things that we know based on hundreds of research papers that are helpful for you, Do you and it might not you work have for to you. SEO this content so that you're out positioning content that's not valuable or true. Yeah, I mean SEO is king, right? Like, so you need to make sure you're putting the right keywords out there too. And there's a lot of competition in that health space, but 
when we provide information to our audience, like who is trusted, you look for the .gov, the .edu, the .org versus the .coms. And so is look at the sources, look at who's providing this information. What is it based on? And it's also if you dive even more into the studies, well, were there 10 people in that study or 10,000? And so there's always an article that comes out of this new study. Well, we look at what that new study says and who did it and how many people are involved in the research before we ever share that out. And was it done on people or mice? That's a huge <laughs> thing. It has to be done on people. <laughs> Definitely helpful. So in your approach to building I guess, trust in varying communities as you deliver the information you deliver. What role does like inclusive language, as an example, play in the creation of your content? Well, it's becoming more and more important today, right? I think the pandemic really highlighted how there are a lot of disparities in our healthcare system. And I say we base everything on the research, right? But the history of our research is not inclusive. We're not including all races, the majority of research done in the health medical world is not inclusive of all races and genders even. So I think we're actually at a point where we're really trying to provide more content to all communities and almost to catch up, right? Arthritis affects a lot of people of color. And we want to make sure that we're addressing the needs that they have. We do have this patient reported outcome survey that we've been doing the last few years that we're specifically sending out to different communities. Like we know what affects the Caucasian community is not the same as the black community or the Hispanic community and the Asian community. So we want to know what the different struggles are in each. And then we can tailor our expert content based on what they tell us. Because, for instance, religious and spiritual beliefs might actually be part of how somebody manages their chronic illness, a strong connection to prayer or their spiritual side to help them cope with their emotional well-being and mental health is something we have to think about, too. And so we're really trying to make sure that we're getting educated on how to provide information and content to a multicultural community. Again, back to your background, I feel like you're very well suited to do that because you come from a journalism background. So you understand right. the question process of this and listening more than you speak to gather the information. Yeah, it's been really helpful. It's funny. I think a lot of times when people start out in a journalism career and they're in it, they're like, well, what do I do next? And how does this apply? It applies to everything. Deadlines are easier to meet when you've worked on a news show and you're changing copy as the anchor is speaking. But I feel like Asking the questions that are more objective and being able to hear the full answer that somebody's giving and asking tougher questions, I think, is just part of content. Like if you're not looking at all sides, science and facts matter. You've got to be able to present all sides, right? But also you can't be blind to the fact that sometimes we all have bias, and implicit or complicit or not, you've got to know that there might be bias in something that you're putting out there and be sensitive to that. Otherwise, how do you reach those communities and the people that are underserved if you're not checking yourself? So I think we're really trying to 
make sure we're being inclusive. And one way we're doing that too right now is we've just launched a whole series of new support groups. We call them connect groups, and they are specific to different communities. There's an LGBTQ plus community. There's a Hispanic connect group community. There's family planning community. So people who are have like interests are able to share what's working or what's not working with them and know that they're not alone and that they have other people going through what they are and they can share knowledge and tips with each other. And it seems like that would probably feed back into your content that you're creating and make more valuable content specific to those groups. Exactly. And so having those groups be able to meet each other and listen in on their conversation really is going to help us do a better job of letting them feel heard and feeling like they're seen. It's one thing, like you think, okay, Arthritis Foundation, it's one thing, but it's not. And it's a great example of something that could seem very simplistic to somebody from the outside, but there's a lot of complexity in the way that you're delivering information across multiple personas, across multiple nationalities. There's a lot to juggle there. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and it is always hard as the content director, we're trying to do strategy. Well, okay, wait, which audience are we talking to here? And we talk to a scientific community too. We have osteoarthritis is the type of arthritis that most people know about. Everybody's prone to it at some point in their life. And there's 32 and a half million people out of that nearly 60 who have osteoarthritis. And there isn't a good medication for that. There isn't a lot of answers right now, like there are for the autoimmune types of arthritis, where there's a whole slew of biologic drugs that have changed the face of arthritis for those people like me. But with osteoarthritis, there's a ton of great research going on out there. And we've got a consortium of researchers and clinicians working together to share their ideas of what they're working on in order to get to a point where we have better treatments and maybe a cure one day. But right now it's a treatment. So like, what is a great treatment that can stop or slow the progression of osteoarthritis for people? And that's something that we work to fund. And so you're talking to those researchers and scientists too. And that's very different language that I'm not as versed in because as an occupational therapist, I can read their research, but to talk their speak is not something I do. And we have a team of people who do on our science team. And so it's having the right people and leaning on them for their expertise just so that you can process that, translate it. And when we're sharing to a patient, talk about it differently than when we're sharing it to our healthcare providers who partner with us. Amazing. So I feel like people are going to leave this particular episode and have additional questions. Maybe you want to continue this conversation. What's the best way to get in touch with you after this? Oh, for sure. On LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn. I think I have my profile listed on there as Rebecca Gillette. And so you'll be able to find me on there and send me a message, ask me any questions. I really think that it's great to connect with other people who are working in the same field as you to see how they do things. I love getting ideas from other people. So yeah, find me on LinkedIn. And if you love the ideas that you've heard today about arthritis, there is a podcast. Yes, I host our podcast. You can find it anywhere you get your podcast. It's Live Yes with Arthritis. Excellent. Rebecca, thank you very much for being on the show and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to join us next time for more insights from people who love words. 
This podcast was brought to you by Acrolinks. Continue honing your enterprise content by checking out other episodes at acrolinks.com slash wordbirds. If you have questions or comments, feel free to get in touch with Chris and his team by sending a message to word.birds at acrolinks.com. That's all for now. See you next time.